Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and writer with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join us as we delve into anything and everything that's on our plate slash on our mind. All right. Yes. Here we are in the pod loft. The pod loft, as it's been called, which is basically Sarah's my third floor third floor guest room yes um gilmore is here as per usual yes um i wanted to tell you i met a friendly cat what <laughs> you know they how, exist you know how i i don't like cats because i don't trust them yeah because you you don't ever know what they're gonna do yeah well i'd be like pet me pet me with your eyes and yeah and then they bite you or yeah. scratch you so I tend to only really like cats when they act like dogs. Right. But I met a friendly cat the other weekend. Where did you meet this Our friendly cat? Our friends have this cat. It's actually called a Siberian forest cat. What? Is it huge? It's, it sounds like a huge cat. It's not huge. It's probably a little larger than your average cat. Okay. Um, very fluffy, like long-haired. Um, but our friends got it because she is allergic to cats, and apparently this breed is like hypoallergenic or something Mm -hmm. but this cat was very sweet and had a sense of humor she liked to have her belly rubbed i walked over to her and she pulled a gilmore and rolled over you have to i'm telling you you have to meet my family's cat yeah that's how my cat is it's she'll just she'll she'll walk into the room and she'll just go right yeah and so of course i didn't pet her because i know some cats hate to have their belly touched But then I asked them, I was like, does your cat like to have her belly rubbed? And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. So then I went back up and rubbed her belly. And then, so they live in this cool, really small, it's called a Trinity house in Philly. So I don't even know what that means. um, It's like each floor is almost only one room. So you actually kind of go into the basement for the kitchen. Okay. And then there's a spiral staircase that goes up the whole house. Because they're very small. They live on this really cute, small side street in Philly. It's a really old house. And um, this stairwell is so narrow and kind of treacherous that they're, and there's no handle, but they have these like single handles, like hand grabs on going along the wall when you go down. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, yeah. So it's just a thing you hold on to, but it's just big enough for your hand to grab it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was going back down in the kitchen, and I had my hand on one of those, and I felt something just kind of tap me. And I look up, and I realize the cat had just swatted my hand, but she doesn't bring her claws out She'll at all. She'll be playful about yeah, it. Yeah, and she was just kind of like, ha like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, she does that. It's a game she plays. So I was like, okay. You're like, okay. I can get down with this cat. You have to meet. She's cool. Once you have one good cat in your life, you're yeah. like, I get them. Her name was Minerva, too, which is Great awesome. name. Yeah. So I thought you would be happy yes. to know. I did meet a cat that I vibed with. but See, they exist. I Cats still aren't all bad. I still don't trust them as a rule, though. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm always going to be in the cat's corner because I feel like people dislike cats. And I think... They need to have someone in their corner. Yeah, someone has to stand up for cats. So there was a while when cats were really trendy, and now I feel like they've fallen off of the yeah. popular bandwagon, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, salty slash sweet of the week. So I want to share my, um, I guess I'll share my salty first, which is why can't airlines get on the freaking same page? <laughs> About what? About anything. Just <laughs> 
anything because literally one airline compared to the next have completely different rules. It's oh, like, yeah. Well, your price includes hand baggage, but mm. our version of hand baggage is a backpack. You can't have a purse in addition to your backpack. Just one item. And then the next airline is like, oh, we include hand baggage. Mm-hmm. And that includes one personal item and a carry-on piece of luggage. Mm-hmm. You're giving me mixed signals. This is confusing. Also, mm-hmm. just tell me what the heck I need to pay to be able to bring on a carry-on bag. Right. Ryanair. <laughs> also, there, there are all kinds of like cheap like budget airlines in Europe that mm-hmm. I didn't know about until we were planning this next trip. And they're all... So affordable until you read the fine print because and they like, don't let you bring any bags. Like it's like you have to right? bring a backpack. Yeah, like, and they're I guess they're a, kind of designed for like business travel or something. I guess Isn't that what Spirit Airlines yeah. is like. Yeah, you have but to pay for carry on or something. You can't even have a carry on for some of them. You have to check your carry on bag, which is right. like that is just weird to me. There's no overhead baggage. Yeah. Anyway, it's annoying because even if it is like carry on only. Mm-hmm. The size limitation will be different from one to the other. Yeah. I I, I know. It's, what? Yeah. As if travel didn't already have enough yeah. anxiety-inducing stuff, and then you throw all this stuff in the mix, and then you buy the smallest suitcase that you can because you think it's yeah. going to fit, and then you go to some weird... Yeah, and they're like, oh, we don't do carry-on only. Yeah. You have to check it anyway. And you're like, well, I don't feel comfortable with this, but or I guess I don't have Or your bag is option. five pounds too heavy, so you Ugh. have to check it or something. So I bought the away luggage, like, carry-on size because it's literally made to be approved for, like, all airlines. Right. And that's what I have, too. And that gives me peace of mind knowing that this is going to work no matter what unless it's one of those weird ones where they don't you mm. use it or whatever. But Luke doesn't have one, so now it's mm. just a... it's a We're betting the yeah. odds. Is it going to be taken below deck? Are right. they going to ask for us to check it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a game I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> and it's stressing me out because we booked all this stuff and now I'm like figuring out okay well we have a layover here but then at that next airline you're gonna have to check your bag or I'll check mine and like how are we gonna put all of our camera stuff in here and oh it's just stressful I can't do Mm -hmm. it first world problems but yeah (laughs) I just I'm so over it because I'm just like why you know there there are some universal truths Mm -hmm. airline just, they need to get on the same page, please, for the sake of all of us. Like, just tell us this is the size requirement. Right. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Or just the weight. Just tell me. It has to be mm-hmm. this weight, and it can't be over this size. Mm-hmm. That would be great. But unfortunately, yeah. that's not the life I live, so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, my salty is, like, a bit of a doozy. Uh-oh. Um, I don't know if this is technically called social anxiety. Uh-oh. But... Over, like, the past year or several months or whatever, a lot of times after I hang out in groups of people, I get super anxious and get get in these thought spirals, like, thinking back on something I said or something someone said to me that I'm like, is that, is that what they meant by that? Or, or I hope this person didn't take what I said the wrong way or... Yeah, but it's, post, I, it's post-hangout. Yeah, and huh, and but it seems it like it's it happens to me. It's not every time, but it's been happening to me more and more, and in a way that it makes me feel super anxious and um, paranoid. Yeah, and and it's it's this thought spiral that I can't get out of. Huh. Have you ever had that? 
I've definitely had um, moral hangovers after, like, hangouts with people. Like, what did they call it? Vulnerability hangovers? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah a, it's yeah, kind of like that. that. But I don't, I, I wouldn't say it happens a lot, but yeah. occasionally. Do, but yeah. But even, like, your close friends, you feel Yeah, like, it's with, huh. like, friends or, I don't know, it's just, it's been happening to me more and more in a way that I can tell when I'm going through it that this is irrational. Mm-hmm. And probably what I'm thinking of, no one else is thinking about it. But then right. again, I think, well, but I'm thinking about it this way, so what if they're thinking about what I said or... You know, if someone says something... And it's always on you. It's it's something you said, not something they said. No, sometimes it's both. Okay. So, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. If anyone listening to this (laughs) also experiences this, please tell me. I'm sure it's very common. And if you have any tips for me, because... But yeah, I think... Because I think Elizabeth Lame from Totally Married and Totally Lame has talked about this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I'm sure other people go through this. But yeah, I'm not sure if it's technically called social anxiety or something else. But it's this... It doesn't stop you from going out and hanging out with people. It's just that you know afterwards that yeah. you're going to be... Sometimes I just feel very vulnerable or self-conscious yeah. about stuff. I've definitely had, like, moral hangover slash vulnerability hangover. Yeah. Um, But, I, yeah, I think that, like, overthinking with that thought spiral mm-hmm. that you can and occasionally put like, yourself in... really gets me. Maddening. Yeah. So, yeah. it's not fun. What do you do to get out of it? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And then, yeah, it just makes me feel weird. And then I feel... And then I also get mad at myself for feeling that way, too. Right. Like, why do I care so much? And then it's just this spiral of... uh, Yeah. It's icky. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, I'm sorry. It's not cool. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Hopefully you won't feel that way after tonight. Yeah. I probably won't. Um, Sometimes sometimes when I get really, like, animated or excited about something, and mm-hmm. I have really strong opinions about yeah. something, and I know someone maybe doesn't yeah. agree with me. And you and I are both similar in that way. Yeah, like, I'll, you know, we've gotten into, like, last time we were talking about Game of Thrones, like, really animated, yeah. like, really over the top, and mm-hmm. I never left that conversation being like, well, what did Sarah mean when she said that Jon Snow isn't anything? Not, you know, No, I whatever. like Jon Snow. <laughs> okay, we won't even get into Game of Thrones. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I can't say I leave those situations like that, but I do find myself going through those, like, thought processes mm-hmm. a lot. I've, I'm definitely who, I'm definitely someone who deals with, like, low-key anxiety, mm-hmm. um, mostly work-related. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah. It's hard to get out of that. It is. <laughs> I'm thinking probably not the best scenario for having a podcast um yeah <laughs> like, I'm let me just record all my conversations say. and then have all these people listen to it so then have i can be like oh my god did someone think i meant this when i said that oh my gosh so yeah there's I don't a know. i think maybe this will help who knows <laughs> maybe the power of letting it go yeah putting it out it's there just and just like throw it out yeah well, this is who I am. That is a doozy, though. That's yeah. a for real salty. Yeah, and I think part of it comes from I'm the kind of personality type who's like a people pleaser. Yeah. And I really do want everyone to like me, um, which is why it can be hard. And and I'm also very attuned to other people's, mm-hmm. the way they're feeling. Like, I'm an empath. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, something about my personality type where I'm very much aware of how other people are feeling around me and trying to make sure everyone's comfortable. So whenever I feel like I've crossed a boundary or something, it's just like, oh no. Yeah. It's I devastating. You're yeah. like, oh, 
feel it. Yeah, it's like a full body experience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I feel you. I'm sorry. That's what you're dealing with recently. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about good stuff. Okay, so sweet. Um, This happened yesterday, so I didn't write this down, but it was just a really sweet moment. It was a Friday, and it's been a weird week because we had some snow earlier this week, and we didn't have school, and um, a student... Basically, there's family consumer science, and most of the time, they're coming to my class after family consumer science, Mm -hmm. and the seventh graders, like, their big project on certain days are, like, they make puppy chow. And if you don't know this about me, I freaking love puppy chow. Who doesn't? Yeah, like, if you don't like puppy chow... I could eat a whole bag of that If that is in front of me... I will, yeah, just go to town. It's the perfect... It's, like, crunchy, but there's, like, this sort of, like... Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, so in my kids had a test that day, so they come in and a certain student comes in and, you know, they come in with these bags of puppy chow. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are so lucky. Puppy chow's my favorite. And I went on a little tangent. I was saying, I don't think you guys understand, like family consumer science for me was like sewing a button and then carry on with the rest of your day. You guys have puppy chow. And I let them eat their puppy chow in class, which is like typically not allowed Mm -hmm. but I was like you know what I'm not gonna let you guys right like eat it enjoy it and they were like oh my gosh this is so great so they're taking their test they're eating and then day carries on and then the sweetest thing happened at the end of the day it's the last period I'm really exhausted it's a Friday and a kid who I think most teachers would be um not hesitant to say is one of those students that is a real pain um (laughs) he comes into my room and I I thought maybe I forgot, he forgot something, whatever, he knocks on the door, and he goes, hey, happy Friday, and he tosses me an extra bag of puppy chow. Oh, that's so sweet. And I was like, are you serious? He was like, I went back during 10th period, which is our, like, kind of study hall, he was like, I went back 10th period and asked if I could make you a bag. Oh, that is so nice. (laughs) That would have totally made my day. So, that was, like, the sweetest thing, and the the fact that it was this kid. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? So, he wrote, like, to Miss G, happy Friday, and I was like, that is so nice. (laughs) So, that was my sweet, like, truly a little, like, oh. Yeah. Kids can be really adorable sometimes. Uh-huh. So that was my sweet Aww, yesterday. That's so, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What was your sweet? Um, I decided my sweet for this week is podcasting. Hey, <laughs> Um, Yeah, it was just kind of funny because I was just talking about like, oh, maybe this yeah. is not going to be the best Vulnerability thing over my anxiety. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm just really glad we're doing it. It's already been so much fun. Yeah. And it's really nice to have this new creative project to be excited about and working on. And and it's low yeah. key too. Like we're yeah. not, we've done all the up the work up front and now it's just about Yeah, doing like it. we're doing it just to have fun. It is cool to have your like friendship and conversations recorded and and then the way that podcasts open it up to a larger community so we get to connect with all the people who will eventually listen to this and stuff and mm-hmm. it's just really fun I'm really glad we're doing it so. yeah well yeah I had a I'm I was interviewed for a podcast this morning and um Ruby Josephine who will link in the show notes she's mm-hmm. releasing a podcast and we were chatting and she was like I'm surprised Sarah Never had a podcast. And I was saying, <laughs> everyone says this about Sarah because you yeah. were an OG podcast fan. But right. it happened so fast because I think it was Thanksgiving we were talking about 
Yeah, it was like October or Yeah, something. you were like, I don't want to do a podcast unless it's with someone else. And I was like, well, I'll do it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it happened I feel really like fast. it kind of happened the way I started my food blog because I was loving food blogs so much and I kept thinking, oh, that's so cool, but I could never do that. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, maybe I should. And then it got to the point where I was like, I have no, to. No, I have to do yeah. this. And then... Um, I mean, a while ago, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun if someday I had a podcast? But I just didn't know what it would be about. I didn't know if I could commit the time to it or whatever. And then kind of more is like we've talked about it and I've started listening to more podcasts along this line where it's more casual and conversational. And I thought, well, I could do that. But like, what would be the, you know, the hook or, you know, something. And then for us to like come together and be like, no, let's just do this and have it be fun. And now here we are now, recording yeah. a podcast and now I'm a podcaster. It's yeah. so weird. You can change your Instagram title. Yeah. Podcaster. I know. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's like what we were texting the other day too and you shared a screenshot from some community. Was it Forever 35? Yeah, their Facebook That was group. like, I need more recommendations for podcasts for women just chatting. Chatting. I'm like, yay. This is us. These yeah. are our people. <laughs> So somehow yeah. we have to find that audience and be like, yeah. we're over here. Yeah, this podcast but, is not going to be like your resource for everything you ever need to know. It's but not it, going to be educational. No, this and you know this is a podcast we want you to be able to turn on for your, like your commute home after a long day where you just want to yes. chill and feel like you're hanging out with your friends and just having a good time. Yeah, like, just full talking stop, about whatever. That's basically, what this podcast is. So. We want to be your best friends. Just come yeah. hang out with us whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Once every other week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking, our discussion is about whiskey, yeah. which we both love. Yeah. Which I realized, oh my God, our listeners are going to think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I was... <laughs> You do talk about, well, you talk about food and you talk about cocktails a lot. Right. And that's I, okay. That's your yeah. thing. It's fine. And like I, the other episode, I talked about my awful <laughs> hangover and stuff. I really am not an alcoholic. I no. drink. I basically only drink on the weekends and I have maybe like one or two drinks a night. It's only a rare occasions that I accidentally yeah. overdo Sarah's it. Sarah's <laughs> not an alcoholic. Neither am I. Yeah. But, but we have an appreciation. For sure. And Sarah yeah. makes really good cocktails. So, I mean... You know. <laughs> so we're talking about whiskey specifically today. So, um, which is our, our both of our drink of choice. Yes, it is. So I guess um, I'll start by sharing like how I figured out whiskey was my thing. Um, mm-hmm. So in college, you drink whatever is available, whatever's cheap, <laughs> whatever someone PBR. brought. You know, Luke would come over with tequila that was called tortilla. Right. <laughs> Tortilla gold. Oh my gosh, where did you even get that? It was so nasty, but at the time, you just drink what's available. Mm-hmm. So post-college, when, you know, there isn't just booze everywhere hanging out, um, and you can, you know, probably afford to go to a bar every now and then, I started to, you know, go to the bar, and I would just order, like, a, a Jack and Ginger. Mm-hmm. And I would order, like, other things, and I would always just be like, I just like whiskey's flavor. More mm-hmm. than anything else. I do like gin. I do love a good gin and tonic. But mm. whiskey was the flavor that I was like, I really enjoy this. But the thing that really made me like whiskey was when we went to Scotland. Right. So, little backstory. Luke and I, our first trip ever abroad, we went to 
Italy, France, Ireland, and Scotland. And in Scotland, what was really fun was they have these just like these little whiskey bars. I guess it's sort of like going to a, a wine and spirits here. Okay. But they have, of course, the full-size things you want. But then they have these little, perfectly-sized oh. sample bottles. Like you see at the cash register. Mm-hmm. But they have everything. Oh. And these little, tiny sample... That's cool. Perfect Like the size. little airplane-sized ones? Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfectly-sized for, like, an, a sip or two. Are they plastic or glass? Glass. Oh. And That's so nice. we have all these saved, right? Because they yeah. are really good. And, then we, and cool. I would just stow them in my purse. That is perfect, especially if you're traveling. Yes. So in Scotland, we Luke was like, oh, I really want to get scotch here. And the host, we were at an Airbnb and our host was part of um, Edinburgh's like scotch society, which mm. we thought was really cool. And he had all these books laying around. So he was saying, go here, pick up XYZ and, you know, just have yourself a little tasting. So, in Edinburgh, we got, like, basically a purse full of these little samples of scotches. Mm-hmm. I had never had a scotch before in my entire life. And we hiked um, Arthur's Seat, which is outside of, not even outside, it's basically in the city, this mountain trail that'll take you to the top. And it's kind of a hike if you go all the way up. Um, and then you can see all of Edinburgh below, which mm-hmm. is beautiful. And it's, like, very, it feels like you're in the country, but you're just outside of the city. Um so while we were there, we were tasting these scotches, and Luke would take these notes. So I actually had him dig these up from okay. our trip. So um, some of them, of course, are ridiculous, but we gave them a score like zero to a hundred. So mm. I'm trying to find like a funny one to read. Uh, <laughs> it's a really broad range, zero to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Here we go. Old Putney, 12 year. Drink this with a creme brulee and show that it's all right for a man to cry. Sugar on the knuckles of a sea god. Score, 83. Oh, God. He <laughs> would write that. <laughs> Some of these are so funny. Okay. Logable in 16 year. Smoked dreams spitted to the sounds of Kenny G. <laughs> it's like... And these, some of these are so funny because we are obviously getting more and more tipsy. Yeah, uh-huh. And some of them are really, really really bad um i think the lowest score we gave was like a 50 which is mm. like a failing grade you know mm-hmm. but um it was so fun though because you got to learn so much about just like a little taste of scotch yeah. which is all you really need i think mm-hmm. and that was so fun and really just getting the experience of just tasting these little samples and being like oh i pick up this flavor and mm-hmm. um i realized that i really like peated scotches and mm-hmm. i like that smokiness and i like the smoothness of this one so that's what really did it for me. Um, hiking cool. Arthur's Seat in Edinburgh, which was awesome. So, yeah. Well, I came to be a whiskey lover kind of by accident. Because um, when I first started drinking cocktails, like I realized I much prefer cocktails to wine or beer. Um, I prefer hard liquor, partially because I am a lightly. <laughs> Get the job done. Exactly. And, yeah, I don't like to drink a lot of liquid, so I'd rather have a small drink that's really flavorful and interesting. Mm -hmm. Plus, wine gives me headaches. Beer makes me bloated and have to pee and just gross. Yeah. And I get bored halfway through a beer anyway. It's just too much of the same thing. Um, So I was doing a lot of experimenting with cocktails, and, like, I knew I loved margaritas, which then eventually I realized, oh, I actually just love tequila. 
Yeah. Um, Wait, tortilla gold? <laughs> not tortilla gold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've had that one. Don't waste your time. Um, so kind of a similar thing happened to me with whiskey where I was trying whiskey cocktails and realized that I really enjoyed them. And then we were at our local bar here. It's just like a sports bar. And I realized, like, I don't have a good go-to drink for when you're just at a normal bar. Right. Like, what do you order when you walk up? Yeah. As, like, I can't order, you know... A fancy... A fancy cocktail at a place that just does, like, rum and coke or whatever. So I was like, I really... And I don't like gin and tonics, really. Although I did like them when we were in London. But they were really good. They were really good. Um, that's because they that's where they come from. Yeah, so yeah. they know how to do it right. Yeah. Um, but I, gin and tonic is just not something I would order. I think vodka's boring, so I'm not going to do a vodka soda or whatever. So I thought, well, let me just try a whiskey ginger. And, you know, maybe that could be my go-to, whatever. And I really liked it. And so, so I started... same path. <laughs> yeah, I started ordering that more. And then I realized, oh, I just like whiskey. So then I switched to, like, if I'm just at a bar, I'll order a certain kind of whiskey on the rocks with a splash of soda. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, And it was really funny because when I realized that whiskey gingers were something I could drink and we went out and I had a couple and my mom found out and she was honestly really concerned that I was going to become an alcoholic. (laughs) Why? Because I think because she had an aunt or something who was an alcoholic who drank whiskey gingers basically all day long. That was her so drink. In, yeah. in her brain, she's like, oh, God, my daughter's drinking whiskey. Oh, this no. is the end. <laughs> but your mom drinks wine. Yeah. But, anyway. But, yeah, and my mom, she's been, she'll try whiskey cocktails and stuff now. But my my dad's a big whiskey yeah. drinker. He enjoys it a lot. Um, but, yeah, so then I, I slowly started to really like it. And I used to kind of drink more whiskey drinks in the winter. And then in the summer, I would order, like, tequila sodas and stuff. Yeah. But now it's just, like, year-round. Yeah. I almost always go for, like, the Old Fashioned or Manhattan or something. Mm-hmm. Or whiskey soda. Like, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to be more in the mood for, like, tequila. Whereas I'm always in the mood for whiskey. I think I feel like food too has a big part of it. Like if I'm mm-hmm. getting, if I'm getting Mexican food, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like yeah. I'm getting a tequila, yeah, like cocktail. I'm getting a margarita, mm-hmm. whatever. But whiskey goes with everything. It really does. So now I'm really excited that we're gonna drink later in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> now Spoiler I'm, like, alert. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm getting thirsty. Okay. We did, so we did do um, a whiskey tasting party. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. I'll link yes. to, we both did blog posts about it, yeah. so we'll link to it in the show notes. Because I had some recipes, like I had a whiskey yes. cocktail and also bourbon cookie dough shots. Mm-hmm. There's like, um, like eggless cookie dough with bourbon in it and then like covered in chocolate. They're yes. these little like truffle bites. And I made um, a printable whiskey tasting like note yeah. card. So you can download which, that on Laura's. weirdly enough is one of my best posts. Yeah, because I always see I'm always getting it's links so weird from you from yeah, that one. It's weird. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. We did that a few years ago where... We picked, I, I think, five whiskeys, yeah. and you we had we your waist, scotch, your yeah. tasting cards that you made. So a bunch of friends got together, and we tasted these whiskeys together. Dave and then chicken. Yeah, every so food item that we had somehow had whiskey in it. Yeah. We had, you know, desserts. We had whiskey-glazed wings. Yeah. Um, all kinds of stuff. It was really fun. So we'll link to that. Yeah. 
Okay, our favorite whiskey drinks. Um, so, spoiler alert, I like scotch. So, my favorite scotch that I've had, um, I did review all the notes from Scotland, and some of these I don't remember, like, that mm-hmm. well. It's been too long. But if I if they have it, and if I can afford it, I like Lagavulin's 16-year. It's a peated scotch. It's from Isla, which is the island where all these beautiful peated So Isla are. is the name of the island? Yes. But doesn't that kind of just mean Isla? It, I think so. Okay, it's so Isla. it's an island that's part of Scotland yeah. where they just have a ton of distilleries? So, yeah, um, you can see this is Isla um, on the back of this. But mm-hmm. basically it's the Isle of Isla, which okay. is like right off of the coast and I don't really know, I should have looked this up, I don't really know the background of, like, why all these distilleries are there. I'm pretty sure because mm-hmm. the elements um, at play there, like, everything works really well when it comes to, like, peated scotches. Okay. Like, the flavor complex is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I like scotch, 16-year Lagavulin. It's just, like, it's so smooth, it's toasty, it has, like, kind of a toffee flavor. Mm-hmm. Feels like you're drinking a campfire. Mm-hmm. It's so... <laughs> it There's, like, a lot of... There's a lot to it, which I find endlessly, like, interesting, just being, like, tasting it and being, like, oh, I didn't notice this, mm-hmm. and it's a complex, really, taste that I enjoy. And it's just so smooth, too. It feels like butter, like, when you swallow it, it's, like, it just oh. comes very nice. <laughs> a bad scotch is very sharp. Oh, yeah. And at least my preference. It's, like, if it's going to kick me in the back, mm-hmm. No. I like a nice smooth. Yeah, it needs to be smooth. Now, that being said, Logville in 16 years is, like, super expensive. Yeah. Like, how expensive? I don't know. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but cocktail-wise, I love Horse Feathers, which was, shout out to... Totally Beverages. Totally Beverages and sometimes Hot Sauce. T-Vash. With, yeah, T-Vash. <laughs> um, so... I I heard Andy suggest this on that show, and I was like, that sounds really good. Yeah, I had forgotten about it until yes. you mentioned it again. So it's rye whiskey or just any really type of whiskey. Ginger beer, um, bitters, just like a little dash, and then lemon juice. Yeah, that sounds really it's good. It's really good. Um, but if I'm not at a sort of place that would have those ingredients, mm-hmm. um, I like old fashions. I like whiskey gingers. Yeah. So, Can't go wrong there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Um... I don't have a favorite whiskey yet. I feel like I'm still trying them. Um, But I definitely love bourbon. And I also really like rye, which I, um, at various distilleries or different Mm -hmm. places, I feel like I kept trying rye or having it in a drink. And I would be like, oh, I really like this. So, because I know some people for sure don't like ryes as much, Mm -hmm. but I definitely love a rye and bourbon. or like Irish whiskey. I like them when they're sweet and smooth. And I think that's why I like whiskey in general because it's got the same kind of flavor profiles as like like you said toffee, mm-hmm. caramel, coffee, chocolate, like yeah, I feel like there's all that rich... stuff is kind of in the same general category, which I love. I love things that are caramely and yeah. rich like that. Me too. Butterscotchy. Yeah, so I love that about whiskey. Um, in terms of cocktails, I really love a whiskey sour if Me it's too. done right. Right now, I'm really into Amaro whiskey sours. Yes, um, we so could do. Good. I feel like there's so much to talk about with Amaro, mm-hmm. and I don't know that much. Yeah, even still. Yeah, we should do an episode on yeah. Amaro eventually. Um, and then I also love old fashions. 
And lately I've gotten really into Manhattans because our local restaurant, The Foundry, that mm-hmm. we love, their signature drink, which is called The Founder, I don't know why it took me like three years of drinking <laughs> this thing to find out that, oh, this is just their house Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You're duh. like, wait, this is very similar ingredient-wise. So, yeah, I didn't realize I was basically drinking a Manhattan every time I ordered that. Um, but they have, like, house-made bitters that they use mm-hmm. and a specific... I think they use Jefferson bourbon in it. It's really And good. they sometimes smoke the glass and they do, like, a flame, yes. flamed orange rind and stuff. I um, love a smoky drink. <laughs> so, um, but I order my Manhattans on the rocks. I, I don't like to drink them neat or, I, up or whatever you call it. I'm ag- I am in total agreement with that. Mm-hmm. Especially for like whiskey cocktails, I have mm-hmm. to have it on the rocks. Yeah, I don't know why I don't like it without the ice, but yeah, part of it for me is the glass it sometimes comes in. Yeah, that's a big. I thing. don't like it like that, and also yeah, I really like holding a rocks glass with, especially if it's like one big fat Love ice it. cube, and some whiskey in there. There's a little lemon peel or whatever. Like that is just peak. Yep. If you're sitting at a really fancy bar. And, and it lasts like a while, too. You mm-hmm. don't have to yeah. sip on it. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Also, I forgot to mention, I will include a list of uh, scotches under $100 um, in the show notes. Cool. If anyone's, like, interested in scotch or, you know, you're like me and you're mm-hmm. on a budge because... And are these all, like, scotches that are highly recommended but are affordable? Um, yeah, so... They're definitely recommended through, you know, scotch experts. Some of them are true scotches, and some of them are technically, like, single malts from, like... So, technically, it can't be called a scotch. Unless it's from Unless it's Scotland. from Scotland. Right. So, sort of like, you know, the whole Tennessee or Kentucky, whatever. Kentucky, bourbon, yeah. Bourbon. yeah. Um, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so some of them are true scotches, and some of them are single malts from um, Japan is, like, mm-hmm. a huge, huge single malt mm-hmm. country. Yeah. Um, so if you're That's interested, cool. you can check that out. I thought I everything that they recommended, I mm-hmm. was like, that sounds great. So... Yeah. Um, also, I said I don't have a favorite whiskey, which I technically don't. I'm opening a scotch glass. <laughs> um, but I will say one of my go-tos that's always affordable is Bullet Bourbon and Bullet Love Rye. It. Yeah. That you can't go wrong with those. They're very affordable. Classic. Most bars have them. So if you're looking to get started, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm making Sarah try scotch. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like scotch, or at least I don't like peated scotches. Like you yes. were saying how you love that it's like a campfire in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Okay, so now I feel bad because I definitely brought you a peated But that's scotch, fine because, but... like, if this is one you really like, like, I'm all for giving it a try. Okay, so I'll just tell the listeners what we're working with here. <laughs> this is really This smoky. is not the primo by any means, but it's what we had available. My uncle got, um, for Christmas, his, like, his whatever, his secret Santa or whatever was Luke. And he, Luke mentioned that he really likes scotch. So this is a Lagavulin um, single malt uh, nine-year that was made... Um, <laughs> limited edition for game of thrones so it's house lannisters um uh i guess it's their limited edition i don't know cool. but um it's it's basically their nine year so it's what does crazy. single malt mean um, <laughs> if i had to guess i'd say it means um like they like only they, use one grain right, right they're not gonna mix grains yeah um and basically um 
if it says nine years, that's how long it's been aged. Mm-hmm. The longer it's been aged, the more expensive it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. I'm not a I'm not a huge expert on anything. I wish I was, but I don't have that. So if it's from Japan, but it, it can't be called Scotch because it's not. From It'll be Scotland. called a single malt. So a single malt is that just what Scotland? Um, yeah, their, like specialty is single malt whiskey. I mean, and they do other whiskeys as well. Um, but yeah, if it is a single malt, it's considered to be a Scotch. Okay. Um, but I'm sure they do. You know. A regular whiskey as well. Okay. You can look that up if you want. Some of the ones that I've had that are not quite as peated are fruity. Like, there's a lot of floral things that are in them that you won't find in sort of this sort of hmm. flavor. But I looked up single malt. Yeah. And it says, whiskey unblended with any other malt. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah. I guess it means... I'm assuming malt means grain. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, Someone's going to correct us. It's, it'll, it'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. This says, the basic difference between a single malt and blended scotch is the distillation process. Single malt whiskey is produced and bottled in a single distillery, mm-hmm. whereas blended, as the name suggests, is a blend of two or more malt and grain whiskeys. Okay. So, yeah. We'll probably, yeah probably. So, like, whereas, like, bourbon is... 51%, right. at least 51% corn. Right. And this rye is, is at least 51% rye. Yeah. So this would be 100% one, one grain. grain. Single malt. Okay. Just one. All right. Um, so <laughs> I like laid out a, a process, okay. right? So step one is just smell, which is super important. Yeah. Smells like woods and campfire. <laughs> um. Anything else? Um, there's something almost like honey. I could definitely smell honey. There's like a little tinge of sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Next is the mouthfeel, which honestly, when someone told me like, the mouthfeel so great. Like, <laughs> I would hear that, especially when I first started drinking this and being like, that is such a pretentious thing. Like, <laughs> oh, the mouthfeel. But literally, I figured out what that means is like, how does your mouth feel? Okay. <laughs> like, is it, like, sharp versus buttery? Right. Like, is it smooth? Is it buttery? Or is it sharp? Is it punchy? Like, okay. is your tongue on fire? Is the side of your mouth? Like, how does the side of your mouth feel? Like, oh, okay. Like, basically just, like, monitor your mouth. How does your mouth actually feel? Okay. But honestly, like, whenever people like, the mouth feel, I always feel like that's the most pretentious thing. So, <laughs> give a nice smell. Okay. Okay. swirl it around down she goes um and then the finish definitely tastes different than smells yes my tongue is a little burning <laughs> how did it feel when you swallowed the finish warm <laughs> warm yeah <laughs> yeah okay that that's the best going part. down yeah i do love like <laughs> it like cra- travels up my ears too yeah yeah that? um but yeah it's kind of like more metallic than I would have thought a little bit. Okay. On the back of my throat. So, back um, of my tongue. I think, like, <laughs> the, yeah, so for scotch, you definitely want to let it, like, sort of swirl around in there. Mm-hmm. And then you can give it a nice swallow. 
I had a friend who um, we brought scotch over and he literally just like glugged it and I felt like I was going to die. I was like, oh no, doesn't your mouth, doesn't your throat feel like on fire? And Mm -hmm. he was like, yeah. I was like, you didn't get anything out of that. Anyway. This is pretty smooth though. It is. It's not the smoothest. I mean, we're drinking it right now and I mean, it's not making me be like, or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's pretty balanced. It's not the greatest, but um, it's, so my thing that I like about this is that it is smooth, mm-hmm. but um, it still has that nice burn that I kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the burn. Also, it's nice to drink this when you're cold. Yeah, this, you know, it feels like something that you would want to drink sitting around a campfire. Yes. When you're a little chilly, mm-hmm. when something to warm you in the middle and. I don't know. The thing with these peated scotches is I can tell I like everything about it except, except for the smokiness. Yeah. So So now I okay. So but I feel like in America it's hard to find every time I've ever tried scotch here it's always peated. Mm-hmm. So do you know of any scotches that like our liquor store would have that wouldn't have that smoky flavor? So just thinking off the top of my head, um the the wine and spirits, that's not too far. Certain wine and spirits will carry them. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the hibiki, which is a Japanese mm. single malt. Not a scotch, but yeah. single malt. And they're more floral slash a little bit more fruity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have, like, the peatedness that this has. It's a little bit, you yeah. know, smoky, but... I have found that I can enjoy scotch if it's in a cocktail, yeah. So I don't mind a little smokiness in a cocktail. Like the founder mm-hmm. that I was talking about earlier, when they smoke the glass, I don't mind that smoke on the nose. Mm-hmm. But then as long as the cocktail going down, it's not too smoke forward. Right. So this I've is had, definitely smoke forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because I've had some cocktails that have scotch as the main liquor in it, and I've enjoyed them. Well, there you go. But just drinking something like this. Also, this doesn't feel like you would want to drink it with ice and a splash of soda. No. So I don't often drink whiskey like this. And then and then I also feel bad because scotch, I feel, t- it tends to be more expensive. And then I'm like, this is wasted on me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some people, so speaking on that, some people do put water in their scotch. Oh, yeah. Like a just a little just splash, to, a little drop. To, yeah, just to sort of tone it down a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think you they say you get more, like, you can notice more of the flavors. I just don't like doing that because I think it just waters it down. Yeah. And I just don't like that. Right. Because this, like, I mean, the first sip is always the hardest, but then mm-hmm. this is totally sippable, just straight. Yeah. yeah. So. Again, it's not a glug, glug, glug type of drink. Like, you just want no. a small little sip. But Yeah. It's not terrible. Your reaction wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be, so you've passed. <laughs> okay, I've passed. Yeah. Okay, so now let's flip the switch. What are you going to make us? All right. I am going to make us whiskey sours. Yum. So I will walk you guys through it as I make it, but I'll also put the recipe for this in the show notes. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to write all this down or anything. Um, I have all of my tools up here in a pod loft. Yeah. <laughs> so let me pull up my recipe. Is this your own recipe or is this um kind of adapted? Kind of. Because I, I was making those Amaro sours and I was making them at New Year's and then for our friend Dave, he wanted a regular one. So I just kind of 
tweaked it a little bit because the Amaro adds sweetness. And mm-hmm. then I had to adjust like the lemon juice and simple syrup amounts for a regular one. But then I feel like I nailed it. You're like, got it. And I wrote it down. Um, so this would be my go-to whiskey sour, which in my mind, it's not a whiskey sour unless there's egg white in it. I agree. And which I like, love egg white in the cocktail. I do too. And it's one of those things, if you've never done it before, it can feel a little weird and yeah. scary. Like, ew, that sounds kind of gross. But then once you've had one, I mean, talk about mouthfeel. Yeah. An egg white cocktail is just so smooth and yeah. refreshing. And, like, I love luscious. how it makes drinks cloudy. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then you get the, the foam, like, frothiness on top. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I see egg white, it used to gross me out. Mm-hmm. But now I know better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, also, I want to shout out this jigger that I have. Yeah. Which is, honest to God, one of the f- my favorite things that I own. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you use that <laughs> endless so, times. Yeah, so we'll link to this in the show notes. It is the OXO Steel Jigger. So it's kind of like a like a baby measuring cup. It has a little spout on it. Yeah. Because you know how normal jiggers, you have to like fill it up to the top and, and then dump, to it. dump it in the glass. And half the time you might be a little tipsy because you've already had something to drink. But this, you never have to fill it all the way to the top. It has a little pour spout. And then if you make a lot of cocktails, it's great because on the one side it has ounces listed. So it has, it goes up to two ounces, but it even includes a quarter ounce, a half an ounce, and three quarter ounces. That's nice. And then one, one and a half, and then two. So if you're measuring, like, um, I think in this one I actually use three quarters of an ounce, which is a very odd amount. Yeah. Um, so it'll tell you, you just fill it up to that line. And then on the other side it has tablespoons. Nice. So my mom got one of these, and she uses it a lot for different things when she's using tablespoons and stuff. Just, like, one and all. It's just amazing. And it'll make your cocktail like making life so much better. So whenever you do an egg white cocktail, you have to start with a dry shake in a cocktail shaker, mm-hmm. which is all the ingredients with the egg white, but no ice. So you shake that first to emulsify the egg white into everything so like this sounds and kind of complicated what's the purpose really of that not. just so it stays yeah it just gets the egg white all like shaken up and like combined with all the ingredients and then you add ice for the chilling gotcha portion. so i'm making two at a time for the two of us um but i'll just tell you the amounts for one yeah. cocktail. so it's two ounces of bourbon I have to do this twice. There's no ASMR for you. <laughs> yeah. So this is the very end of my... Yeah, what type um, of bourbon is that? So this is Clyde Mays Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Picked it up recently. I smell it. It's nice. I've enjoyed it. I like the packaging. Yeah. Um, oh, that smells good. So then you need... Three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice. I have a little lemon squeezer. Um, And like I said, this is why having this is so good because I can fill it up right to the three quarter ounce line. And three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice is roughly half a lemon. Okay. So if you want to just be like, meh, half a lemon, whatever. Well, this one was pretty big, so I'm getting more. It's okay. I like a little tart. Yeah. Well, I'll still do the same amounts, but yeah, this is gonna. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. 
simple syrup, which if you've never made that before, you just put equal amounts yep. of water and sugar in a pan and bring it to a boil. How long do you think simple syrup simple syrup stays? A really long time. <laughs> yeah, Luke and I made um what did we make? Some simple syrup with like oh, or really? something something that was more mellow. Yeah. And it lasted us for a very long time. Yeah, honestly, if if you don't see mold, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So sometimes you'll get a little bit of mold on top, and it's time to toss it. But yeah, it'll last for months. Yeah. Um, and then lastly is egg whites, which I already separated my eggs. You can use the egg white that comes in a carton. Yeah. It'll work. It's just not quite as nice. Yeah. So also some people I haven't tried this personally. Some people do aquafaba instead of egg white. What's that? It's what, the, what the heck is aquafaba? Aquafaba is the liquid in a can of chickpeas. Huh. So I don't know if there's something about like the protein content or whatever, like the starchiness of it. Um, but a lot of places will use that instead of egg white. Huh. So. And Who then knew I, that's what that was called? That's... I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people use it in, like, vegan baking and stuff, too. Interesting. Um, and, um, what was I going to say about that? I just had a brain fart. I don't know. You can use that instead of egg white? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or if you're, like, afraid to eat egg white in a cocktail. Yeah. You know, you could do that. So I got all my crap in here. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to try not to let it explode. <laughs> As I made, I think on New Year's, I... I made like four at a time in here. <laughs> the thing just like popped open and sprayed like, me. No! So you want to give it a good shake, like thirty seconds or so, and then. Like, oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know it's done. It just pops open. Okay. Um, should have you brought mean, napkins or something. Should yeah. I keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. All right, so I did the dry shake, so now I'm just going to add some ice and then close this thing up and shake it again. You'll shake it for a bit until you feel the outside of your cocktail shaker gets very cold and like frosted. That's all there really is to it. So then separately in our cups, I actually have some of those really nice fat ice cubes. So I'm going to give us each one of those. All right. And then you don't have to do this, but... Ooh, I like those big ice cubes. Yeah. I like to garnish the whiskey sour with a really good cocktail cherry, which um, I'll link to these in the show notes. The Luxardo. Yeah, those look The original legit. maraschino cherries. It's the only way to go. They look real legit. <laughs> these are dark purple. Like, they don't have any of that, like, food like coloring, red like, nastiness. Yeah. And the syrup from this is, like, delicious. I always drizzle a little, like, extra. Yum. Um, and these are amazing. They're a little pricey. I think it was, like, 24 bucks for this jar. But there's a ton of cherries in here. And it, like, doesn't go bad. You just keep yeah. this on your shelf. Shelf stable. Or you can keep it in the fridge if you want to. But it's just sugar it syrup. So like, it's good. not going to go bad. So we've got an ice cube and our cherries. And now I'm just going to strain the whiskey sour into our cups. Pretty. 
And then you should be getting some nice foaminess on top. Yeah. Oof, that looks so good. Yeah. All right. There Look at go. these. Yum. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm. That's good. That's really good. I just love a whiskey sour. I honestly, so the tartness of a whiskey sour, I think, is my favorite part of the whole thing. I don't know. I just love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like silky. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, it's got that sweet tart thing going on that I love. But the egg whites really make it rich. I don't know. It's just really good. Yeah, it's really good, guys. So like I said, that recipe I'll put in the show notes for you guys if you want to make your own. <clears throat> and now we're going to sip on this. <laughs> oh. um, this is really good, Sarah. Ooh, thank you. Also, these the, the cherry, like, drippings or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. Mm. Okay. Yum. So while we drink these, we wanted to talk about some whiskey stuff, like how whiskey is becoming way more popular with women lately. Yeah. Um, I found this article on NPR from 2014 titled, Not Just a Man's Drink, Ladies Lead the Whiskey Renaissance, which uh -huh. we'll link to in the show notes. And according to this, this article... Back in the 90s, only about 15% of whiskey drinkers were female. Oof. <laughs> and now, well, back in 2014 <clears throat> when they wrote it, it was up to 37% of whiskey drinkers were women. And I'm willing to bet that's more now. Yeah, I think it, it probably has. I mean, since 2014. Yeah. Yeah, it's only been There's also going up. more, like, small, I don't know if you would call them businesses, but just little things that are popping up. Like, we listed, like, women who whiskey... Women and whiskeys. Yeah, so they're both organizations that are just about getting women together to yeah. try whiskeys. So I actually signed up for, I think it was the Women Who Whiskey. Mm -hmm. They have a Philly chapter, and oh, I signed up cool. for it. So that is just a place for women to get together and drink whiskey. And the other one, Women and Whiskeys, I think it's that one. Um, it's a little more about, like, activism and stuff. Yeah. Along with whiskey. So it's women getting together to talk about issues that are important to them. Right. And drink whiskey at the same time. That's cool. You should, if you, if you're listening, maybe you could look up if there's other chapters of those, like, near you, if you like whiskey. Yeah. And then I also wanted to bring up, there's a, an episode of the Stuff Mom Never Told You podcast called The Magnificent History of Women in Whiskey that I listened to, Ooh, we'll to like a year ago or something. It was super interesting. And the one thing I didn't know until I heard this was that um, whiskey used to be, like women actually sold whiskey back in the day in like gentlemen's clubs. Yeah. So it was actually the women who were like the prostitutes. Yeah. Who were also tasked with selling whiskey to the men yeah. who were there. Um. So that's why back in the day, if you're a woman who drank whiskey, you Oof. were basically considered to be a, prost a prostitute. Because that's crazy. Essentially, the only way you would even have access or, like, knowledge of whiskey to order it or drink it somewhere is if, was you, if were... you were wow. in those scenarios. So That's crazy. And I feel like that, that um, stereotype has perpetuated that... It's still kind of considered this cliche of, like, if you're a woman who drinks whiskey, you're, like, badass, and you're, you know, fast and loose, and, like... Right. You're, like, crazy in bed, or, or you're whatever. really masculine, or... Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Which get which perfectly leads us to have we ever gotten weird comments about drinking whiskey as women? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'll share mine. So I had um, a man uh, basically accuse me of pretending to like whiskey or scotch specifically. Where was this? It was at a wedding. I okay. mean, like, I don't know this guy at mm-hmm. all, but um, someone in passing was just like, well, you know, a lot of people pretend they like scotch. And he, like, motioned to me, like, Ugh. And he didn't know you? And I was like, you don't know me at all. Rude. Like, don't assume that I don't like scotch because I'm a woman. Ew. Yeah, like, like what, scotch is, like, only for men? hmm And I understand it is, like, it is a very, like, forward taste, but just because a right. woman... And part of the problem, too, is that um, whiskey was kind of the thing that men would drink when they were only with other men. Right. You know, like in gentlemen's clubs where, like, the men retire to the smoking room and drink scotch or whatever. And women were sent off to, you know, powder their noses or something. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just over, like, I thought that was super rude. Also, like... It blows my mind that, like, scotch is something that, like, people pretend to like. It's like, why yeah. would you waste your money on mm-hmm. something that is this yeah. expensive if you don't like it? I love whiskey, and you will not see me pretending to like scotch. I'm not going to pretend to like anything if I <laughs> don't like it. Or peated scotches, yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I I thought that was really irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, have you received any weird comments? Yeah, so I had two stories. One was... I was at a whiskey pairing dinner mm-hmm. with friends, like a week, a year ago or so, and it was me and our friend Shannon, who also loves whiskey. Yes. Um, she and I were sitting at the head of this table that it was a very small event, so it was like this, basically this one long table of people at this whiskey pairing dinner, and there was this guy who was leading us through it, who was kind of the whiskey representative telling us about each whiskey and how it pairs with the course we were having and stuff. Right. And he walks by and he asked me and Shannon, like, what do you, what do you ladies think? Like, yeah, it's great. We're loving it. And it's like, yeah, I always, you know, I always love to like get women's opinions. And, you know, he was kind of treating us like we were only there you know, to be with our friends or, you know, and I was like, um, no, 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 no. I'm here for the whiskey. Yeah. I told him, I said, she and I are basically the only reason any of us are here. Like, we're the whiskey people in this Ugh. group. So it was just this assumption that, like, oh, you must not actually be here because you love whiskey and you wanted to come here, but maybe you're just trying it out or you're new to it or something. and Trying to look cool. Yeah. And so that was, you know, just a little irritating. And Yeah. And then... Even though, you know, he had he had good intentions. Like, he, he just wanted to know if you were liking it. But he came from this perspective perspective of they're women, so obviously they don't actually love whiskey. Right. They're just experimenting or something. Right. Um, another time was also at a wedding <laughs> this summer where um, the guy ahead of me ordered a whiskey. Uh, he ordered a Manhattan. And I, it was right around the time I started loving Manhattans. And... So I thought, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I should order one of those. So we walk up to the bar. And, of course, Robert orders a Coors Light. And, listen, I will be the first to admit that I'm a high-maintenance drink orderer. (laughs) You Um, are the person who, like, I want this with, like, a splash. Yeah, with a splash on the rocks, please. Yeah. Yeah. So we get up there, and and Robert says, Coors Light. And I say, can I please have 
Manhattan on the rocks with wild turkey. And the guy just kind of like looked at me and then turns to Robert and goes, well, she's a handful, huh? And then the whole time he was making it, he was making remarks about how, well, this isn't like normally a ladies drink or like, like, like he just oh. thought it was so weird and it was such an event. Like, you know, I just ordered a drink, but it just had to be, there had to be commentary about it. Like, oh, here's this young woman ordering a Manhattan. Like, oh my God. How dare you? Like, that's weird. You know? So it, yeah, it's just this constant commentary on being a woman who drinks whiskey. Like we're Stupid. some unicorn or something. Well, I am, but it's fine. Yeah. I am a unicorn, but yeah. Um, that's really annoying. Okay, whiskey bucket list. Okay, so I definitely have places that I want to go try whiskey or experience whiskey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so one I mentioned before is I really want to go to Isla, which is where all these peated scotches are. Um, so, so, oh wait, so when you guys went to Scotland, you didn't actually go to Isla. Mm-hmm. You just tried a bunch of whiskey yes. from there. Okay. So we were in Edinburgh, which is like the main, you know, it's the mm-hmm. capital. So basically, um, we were tasting things from Isla and all over Scotland, but we never actually went there. Okay. So there are tours that you can go and they'll bus you around to these distilleries. You can stay there. Um, but Isla is very remote. Like there's not much there and it's kind of a hike to get to. So we always have been saying like, that's a whole trip in itself. Like that's something that Mm. you, that's what you're doing. You're not, you know, we, we even went to England this past summer and we were like, we don't have time. There's not enough time to do Mm -hmm. that. So they have like Lafroy, Ardbeg, Lagavulin, like all the all the distilleries I really like are there. That would be really cool. Also, there's like tons of medieval things on this island, so it's not only just like yeah, it just feels like the place. you don't want to rush it. So yeah. you guys have to go back and do also that like for real. drinking the scotch where it's from. Like mm. that's got to be pretty cool. The terroir. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be cool. Um, and so one thing that I definitely would recommend for people who, if you do like scotch or whiskey is um to drink it if you go to tokyo to go do have a little lost in translation (laughs) moment so Mm -hmm. if you've seen lost in translation um oh my gosh what's the actor's name i can't believe i'm forgetting it um bill murray bill murray's character um is there filming like whiskey commercials for centauri Mm -hmm. so um we went to the hotel where this you know whole movie like took place and they have like a rooftop bar that you see in the film and you can actually go there and you can like drink and have yourself a lost in translation thing so yeah um like i mentioned japan has a ton of like amazing whiskeys so i think it would be really cool to go um like actually to their Mm -hmm. distilleries and see that i've tried a couple of japanese whiskeys and they're really good yeah yeah at um one of our favorite places telus 360 in lancaster they have the one floor is a whiskey Whiskey bar. bar And, yeah, I tried a Japanese coffee whiskey there Uh one time. Very good. Dude, yeah. Japan's, like, oh, also in Japan, not quite as classy as um, Scotland where you go in and there's, like, all these little tiny glass things. Mm Mm-hmm. But in their 7-Elevens, oh, they have little t- similar little glass, little, like, whiskeys for you to taste. Okay. So we did the same thing in Tokyo. So mm-hmm. um, definitely would do that again. Maybe, like hike and do that that would be really fun yeah um but yeah yamazaki hibiki nika they're all like they're sort of famous whiskey names to know but i would love to do that awesome well 
I feel like you guys are like the whiskey travel experts. <laughs> so all Not that really. sounds amazing. Um, I just in general, like if we're traveling, I love just going, if there's a local distillery to go there and try what they have. And that's always really fun, especially if they have more than one kind of whiskey mm-hmm. to taste them next to each other. So you don't even have to necessarily travel that far to do this stuff. Yeah. You know, if you have a local place you can go to, that's really fun. But I would love to go to Ireland at some point and try Irish whiskey. I mean... Yeah, that would be awesome. I would also love to go to Scotland to try scotch and find a scotch that I like. Yeah. Because, like I said, I feel like it's hard to find one that's not peated, but... And Scotland does have more than just scotch. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely just regular distilleries everywhere. Yeah. So, so that would be amazing. Um, but I really want to get to Ireland anyway because I have a lot yeah. of Irish heritage. Um, and then... Also, just I need to go to like Kentucky and stuff, and yeah, you know, that would be super fun in the American South and go to some of those distilleries. There's so many in America. I bet there's tours that do that, mm-hmm. sort of bus you around, and yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, except I'd get wasted. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe something you space out, like you yeah. do on your own pace. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I still have so much to try. Like I, even though I love whiskey, I've really only scratched the surface. Yeah. Of what there is out there. There's so much, and I mean the fact that even now, like in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, there's a distillery mm-hmm. in Lancaster. And they have a like five different whiskeys. That's what I mean. I feel like even in America, like distilleries are becoming more and more like available. Even in yeah. small town, central Pennsylvania, there's Same a distillery. with like the way we've had all these craft breweries pop up. Yes. Yeah. There are so many local distilleries popping up. And everywhere. that's exciting. Because mm-hmm. I, I, and like, I love going to Thistle Finch in yeah, that place Lancaster. is really good. And they, they do a really good job with their cocktails and sort of, you know, the whole thing is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So, listener questions. I'll pick one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I keep... We keep choosing... I'm going to mix it up a little bit. are you a morning person if not how do you motivate yourself to get up so early Mm. i am a morning so you are a morning person have you always been that way i think so i never was a night owl like i never i always enjoyed going to bed like i would ask if i could go to bed as a kid (laughs) that's what robert used to be like like uh, maybe maybe i went through a phase in high school where i had some like insomnia issues and i just didn't fall asleep Mm -hmm. but other than that, like, as a kid, I would ask my mom, can I go to sleep now? Is it time for bed now? Like, whatever. Yeah. But I always do my best work in the morning. I'm more focused in the morning. Mm-hmm. I get more stuff done. I feel more positive. I just feel like there's a lot of momentum in yeah. the morning for me. Um, I've never really... <laughs> Becky Luke's sister has always made fun of me because when we lived together, mm-hmm. she was like, you would hear Laura's alarm. Five seconds later, she's in the bathroom and she has her eyeliner on. And I was just like, (laughs) that is true. Wow. I, like, I am sort of like, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Okay. So I've always been like, alarms off, I'm there, like, okay, kind of obnoxiously so, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I am definitely a morning person. Wow. I've always been. So you're, you're just born with it. She's born this way. (laughs) Maybe she's born with it. (laughs) Maybe it's, yeah. Um. Well, I, by the way, this is Sarah talking. We didn't say that we, much this episode. At this point, you better get used Hopefully to Hopefully you know by now. Yeah. Maybe. Um, 
So I I don't think I was ever someone who's like, I'm a morning person or I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. I, I was never someone who stayed up really late, even in college. I was always in bed by like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a morning person either. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started doing Tone It Up in the mornings four years ago that I kind of became a morning person or maybe realized that I kind of was. They always suggested to do a morning workout. Yeah. Which was interesting because I had never really heard that before. And I did know because I had been working out for years and it wasn't until I started doing their workouts first thing in the day that I actually noticed a difference in my body. Like my body Mm -hmm. was... I feel like um, there is science behind it. Like when you work out first thing in the day, it revs your metabolism for the rest of the day. Right. And so once I got into that habit, now I kind of am one that um, on the weekends, I'll sleep in on the weekends till like nine or so, but like... Oh my God, you can sleep in till nine? Kind of. Sometimes it's only eight. Oh, you're blessed. Yeah. So, but that to me just seems, I don't know, like it's not... Uh, although my alarm will go off at five or I might just wake up on my own at five or six and maybe go to the bathroom. And I, these days I have trouble falling back to sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's not that much, but also at the same time, if I sleep in too late on the weekend or I'm too slow to start my day, it kind of makes me like depressed. Um, so I do, I just feel better when I start my day early and I get a lot of things done first thing in the day, like before 12. If you can get a lot done before 12, it's amazing. Yeah, that's a great feeling. Um, and like I said, I sleep better when I work out in the morning, so I love a morning workout. Um, and I feel like I, if I work out in the morning and then I fall asleep better and then I wake up better too. And then... That routine. Because I don't drink caffeine and stuff, working out first thing in the day really wakes me up. So even if I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, I'm so, like, sleepy and out of it. By the time I work out, I'm feeling amazing. You take your shower. It's so refreshing. Um, But the way that I started doing that was with baby steps. Because... Right. Like, it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of this thing called the seven-minute workout? No. It was, like floating around the internet for a while and that was actually how I think right before I started Tone It Up I was kind of doing that where I think I I just started waking up like 15 minutes earlier and doing this seven minute workout in my living room and it's like wall sit some like lunges and push-ups or whatever it's only seven minutes long but it's something to get your blood pumping first thing Mm -hmm. in the day so I started doing that and then I started doing Tone It Up right afterwards and so I started just waking up 15 minutes earlier, kind of got into that habit, and then I started waking up 30 minutes earlier, and I was doing lighter workouts at this time, so I didn't have to shower, because that adds more time, and that wasn't part of my morning routine before, right. I was a nighttime shower. So I just kind of did it in baby steps until I was waking up an hour earlier to work out and take a shower and do all that stuff. But also the key to that is going to bed earlier. Yeah. So you kind of just have to train yourself. But once you do it, it can feel really good. Yeah. So would you say your your workouts motivate you to get up so early? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that question, by the way, was from Aline Julia on Instagram. I'm sorry I didn't call you out. Yeah, that yeah. was my friend Aline, so thanks for that yeah. question. <laughs> Recommendations. All right. You didn't forget this time. I didn't forget time. this time. Recommendations. <laughs> do you have yours pulled up? Yeah. Okay. So my recommendation is a book that I read this winter. 
It's called One Day in December by Josie Silver. Okay. And I loved it. Like, it's one of the only books in the last year or so that I've read that I've been like, oh my gosh, this was so good. Um, and the whole way through, I feel like it hooks you right from the beginning. Um, it's, and I, honestly, I feel like it's going to be a movie. I could okay. just see it in my head. This is going to be a movie. Um, it's about a woman who's on a bus and she sees this guy outside the bus and it's one of those love at first sight moments. But she doesn't know who he is. So then she spends a year looking for him. And then her best friend starts dating someone. And turns out to be the bus guy. Oh, smile. And she can't tell her friend. And she's also like, this guy probably has no idea who I am. Right. But I've been in love with him in my head for a year. So the book takes place over the course of, I think, ten years. Well, Of... Like, the first moment they lock eyes, and then her best friend's dating him, and it's all, it's, like, about this weird love story, but also about friendship, and the way their lives pan out over ten years, and it's really good. So it's a romance novel? It's a romance, and it's also just beautifully written. Like, there are some lines in it that made me, like, catch my breath. Wow. Like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So I loved it. And if you're into that kind of thing, you should read it. And it's a quick read, too. I'm reading a really depressing Murakami book right now, so... A what book? Murakami. What's that? He's a Japanese author. He's, like... He's a great writer, but Mm -hmm. this book is so... Like, not even a depressing subject, but just a... The tone of the book is Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Sad. Well, this sounds like something that would yeah. give you hope. <laughs> this was definitely sad, though. There are moments in it, it's like, oh, God, this is heartbreaking. Yeah. But, and it, even though it sounds like this weird fairy tale, fairy tale it is also very grounded in reality. And, like, these are complex people with complex lives. And Right. It's not, like, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. It was really good. My recommendation is a YouTuber, and I am not a big YouTube fan, Mm -hmm. but I somehow stumbled upon her while researching Portugal. Mm. Um, Her name is Iz Harris. Okay. And I'm not really, like I said, I'm not a big YouTube, like I don't have a fan, like I'm not a fangirl for any YouTubers. I don't even know who the popular YouTubers are, Mm -hmm. but I love this girl because she's, um, well, she has a series on Eater. Um, where there's five episodes and she's exploring Portugal and trying all these like delicious, like very traditional sort of flavors. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. And I realized like Luke and I were watching her and I, and I was like, this is really artistically done. Like she's a mm. very good videographer. Okay. So then I followed her main page and I realized that she's basically like a professional videographer that travels with kids. Oh. And her video content is relatable. It's really like down to earth. She's intelligent, and also she shoots in a way that it's, it just, it makes, like, every place that she goes feel so alive, but also very human, and Mm. her kids are adorable, and it gives me hope because I always feel like when it comes time to having kids, I feel like there's this sinking feeling where, like, that means Mm. the travel has to end Mm -hmm. for me, but then seeing her and her family. Yeah was really encouraging and also Mm -hmm. her storytelling she does certain um videos that are 
she narrates over and mm-hmm. she writes them all herself and it's very poetic, but she she has one about her son being diagnosed with autism, which is oh. really awesome. Yeah. So I think she's just incredible. She's one of those people yeah. that I feel like I just wish I could like pick her brain to learn mm-hmm. how to shoot the way that she does because mm. she's obviously very good at it. Yeah. And she loves travel. She's very down to earth and she's not interested at all in like being a travel influencer. She's literally like, I'm a mom who travels and I like to eat. So cool. Let's go. Also, she's adorable. Like, she has these adorable, (laughs) she has this adorable, like, pixie haircut and these glasses. Mm -hmm. And her husband is a, um, he shoots for Vox. He has a show called Borders, which is an awesome show as well. So, anyway, look, Robert, that's cool. Harris, IZ Harris. Nice. Yeah. Um, one of my best friends from college just had a baby, and she and her husband have always been big travelers. And they basically just decided, you know what? We don't want to have to give up travel just because we're parents now. And they just went to Bali with their baby. Hey. And had an amazing time. They That's were right. living it up with I, just babies strapped on. And their baby seemed like she was so chill, too. She seemed like the I perfect hope travel I baby. have a chill child <laughs> one day because... So it can be done. I know it can. It's just like, you know, there's... as. Not being a parent, it seems yeah. unapproachable. It does. It seems so stressful Because it's to me. so much to even just do by yourself yeah. or with mm-hmm. one other person. Exactly. I always think about that when I see people with kids in the airport. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to be here. And she has two kids. And they're yeah. both under probably the age of like six. Mm, that's a lot. And one of them is... It's a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it's But her... Well, her videos are awesome. But then like she definitely is really approachable and down to earth but I really like her mm-hmm. I want to be friends with her yeah so like is Harris maybe we'll have you on the podcast but I really like you so yeah yeah that's awesome yeah cool, cool. episode four check mark <laughs> we did it yeah all right well thank you so much for joining and listening to us if you're loving the podcast please subscribe and leave us a review helps us with the algorithm and all that stuff and don't forget to send us your questions on food or travel or anything really um either on instagram at passport pizza pod or leave us a voicemail at 717-964-0215 um hopefully we can read some of those next time or we we have them to use for episode five yeah hope hopefully um, and then you can find the show notes with links about everything we talked about, the uh, our recommendations, the whiskey sour recipe, all that good stuff. You can find that over at www.passportsandpizza.com. Yeah. And if you want to see what we're up to in our day-to-day life, you can give us a follow. Um, Sarah's Instagram is at Sarah with no H underscore Cornelius underscore or mine at RomanGoLightly, R-O-A-M and GoLightly.com. Oh, wow. Not .com. At RomanGoLightly. <laughs> yeah, let's be friends. Yeah. And also, big thank you to Lars Brother Will for providing our theme music. Yep. And we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Robert. <laughs> Okay, I, I just have, oh, I stand yeah. corrected. I was downstairs and I'm like, oh, I don't think they're recording anymore because it like sounds like different. Earlier when I walked by, <laughs> I was like, oh, those are like podcast voices. But it sounded like you were just like shooting the shit now. Well, that's and what that podcast, podcast is. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I was like,